welcome to livealittlehigher.com. We continue learning the book Voz Halevavot, Duties of the Heart, and we're in the chapter of self-accounting. Last time that we, we learned, uh, Rabbi Bayahia Ibn Pakuda, he was talking about us being strangers in this world, that we're only travelers here. Today, he's gonna talk about how we should accept upon ourselves um, the conditions that are incumbent upon a stranger in this world. Like uh, we, have to, we have to accept this. We have to accept that this is not our world. This is Hashem's world. It's like when someone comes to your home and, um, and they, they're gonna stay by you, like they can't do just whatever they want in your home. There's a decorum when a person is in a, another person's a home. Like you're gonna freeze them to death with the AC. You're not gonna open the windows. You're gonna ask permission. There's, it's not your place, it's not your home. So the same way Rabbi Bahia is saying that we have to understand that we're strangers and that, um, and that we have to never forget that there's a certain etiquette for a person that is in someone else's realm. So when you come into existence and were formed in your mother's womb, if all the people in the world had tried to speed up this process by a single moment or delay, it by a moment, join one limb to another or separate them, fashion one for your, inter for, for your internal or external organs, cause one of the immobile parts of your body to become mobile or one of the mobile parts to become immobile, induce you to emerge from your mother's womb before your predetermined time, or detain you until afterwards by even a split second, make your birth easier on you or more difficult, all these efforts would have accomplished nothing. So what it's saying is that you come to this world and it's like a baby in a mother's womb and, and a person cannot play with these things because there's a time, like there's a time for the pregnancy, there's a time every month different things are being developed by the fetus, the first month you get the brain, you get the heart, you know. Every month that's happening, that, that fetus, that little tiny thing that you see in the sonogram that looks like a tiny seed, suddenly it starts having fingers, it has a heart that is pumping, it starts growing limbs, it starts growing organs, you know, and a person cannot speed that process or cannot make it shorter. It is what it is. And similarly, after you were born into this world, no human being could have provided you with nourishment without God's help or made your body grow larger or smaller. Like a baby comes into the world, there's a system. There's a mother, has a breast milk, she, she breastfeeds her baby, she nourishes this baby, the whole, her whole body is fashioned to be able to do this. This comes from God, it's not a choice. Like a woman, this is the way the body functions. When she has all these hormones going on and there was a baby in her womb, it's a, it's a process. And if you can talk to 100,000 women that have given birth, we all go through the same thing. It's the same process. So you cannot change it. So imagine that the whole world was yours alone and had no other inhabitants this would not increase the means of livelihood accorded to you. Imagine that you're the only sole person in the whole world, in the whole universe. You would think, oh, I would be the richest person on earth, right? I would have all this real estate, I would have all this money in the bank, I would have all this food to eat, right? And see, Rabbi Pakuda, Bahia, is saying, oh, you're so wrong. 
If you were alone in this world, nothing would increase. Like you wouldn't have all this real estate because you wouldn't have anybody to build the real estate, right? You cannot do it by yourself. So he says, to the end of your days, buy as much as a mustard seed. Everything is accorded to you. Nobody can eat more hamburgers because they're alone in the world, right? You only have a certain amount of capacity in your stomach to be able to eat and digest the amount of food you eat. Even if you could eat all the meat in the world, you would not be able to have it. So conversely, if the number of people in the world were multiplied many times over, imagine that the world is overpopulated as we think, this would not diminish by as much as a mustard seed. Or by more or less than this, the sustenance predetermined to be yours. What is yours is yours. Nobody can take away from you. You know, there's a, the Jewish concept is that the more you give, the more you have. The secular concept is the more you give, the less you have. But the Jewish concept is not like that. We, we, we learn the more we give, the more the energy of the world give you back. More Hashem will give you back. If you give a certain amount of, of tzedakah a month, you're going to have double of what you gave. Because this is the system that Hashem gave us. This is how it works. It's not that if you give the tzedakah, the 10%, 15% of your earnings, you're going to have 10%, 15% less of what you make. It's not true. It's not true. So none of the created things can help or harm you. None has the power to add to the days of your life or detract from them. The same applies to all your character characteristics, natural qualities and actions, good or bad. So what he's saying is that people sometimes are greedy or they're, they're stingy because they think, oh, if I don't have this much, then I'm not gonna have so much, or if I give this much, I'm not gonna have so much. And what Rabbi Bahia is teaching us here is that this is foolish. It's a foolish way of thinking. It's a foolish way of life because everything is meant to be. It's bashared. You're gonna, if you're going to be rich, you're going to be rich. And if you're not going to be rich ever, you, it doesn't matter how much you work, how many people you fool, how many. It's not going to happen. Everything is predetermined. Everything, you have no control over this. And so this being the case, what relation is there between you and the other creatures? What bond is there binding you to them or them to you? You are but a stranger in this world and it would not help you if there were more people in it. It would not harm you if there were fewer people in it. You are in this world but a lonely solitary figure who has no companion but his master. No one who will be kind to him except his creator. So as saying at the end of the day, all you have is God. That's all you have. You're not going to take anything with you. There's a story I remember today of um, one of the Reichman brothers. I think it was Edward Reichman, very famous philanthropist and businessman and very holy people. And it happened to be that he died in uh, Israel. And when he died, he left two wills. The first will was supposed to be opened before the, he was going to be buried. He, the children opened the, the, the will, and in the will it said, my, my sons, I love you. I just ask one favor from you, one last favor before I am buried. Please make sure I'm buried with my favorite socks. Okay. The kids went to the burial society, the Hebra Kadisha. They came with the favorite socks of their father. He was a very important man, and the rabbis looked at them and says, I'm sorry, 
a person, the Jewish religion, we, we go as we came, nothing, not even the socks, nothing. We're, we're putting a shroud and that's it. No way, no way. There, there's no way your father is in, uh, he gave a lot of tzedakah and he was a big philanthropist, very big person and the children like, oh, but my father, he's only asking this. Is there any um, uh, halaha that could allow this? Like, can you check? No, 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 no. Your father is in the world of truth and he understands that he cannot take his, his socks with him. He'll understand. Okay, he was buried without his socks. The 30 days later, they were supposed to open the second wheel. And when they opened the second wheel, the father left this and says, I'm leaving you with a billion dollars. And as you see, I could not even take my favorite pair of socks with me. I could take nothing with me. So use that money wisely. Don't, don't use it for egocentrical purposes. Use it wisely and be, be giving. And this is really, we don't take anything. We don't do we, nothing. You can take nothing with you, not even your family. You don't take your kids with you. You don't take your family, your wife, your husband, your friends, nobody. You go alone. And who's with you at the end of the day? God, he's, he's with you. When you came, when you're going, when you're living, he's always with you. That's the only constant thing. So therefore my brother says, Rabbi Bahia, Serve him alone, just as he alone created you, who governs you, provides for you, sustains you in life, and brings you to death. Place his law and his book before your eyes. Hope for his reward and fear his punishment. Accept upon yourself the conditions incumbent upon a stranger, to which I have called your attention all the days of your life in this world. Then you will attain a rapture of the world to come. As the wise one said, so too no wisdom for your soul. If you find it, there will be a future and your hope will not be cut off. And this is in Mishle. So I wanna wish you a blessed week. This is a good reminder of what really matters in life, of what really is important. Uh, at the end of the day, a person can be in this world a hundred thousand years, whatever amount of time you're here, rich, eating all the hamburgers in the world, having the most beautiful, exquisite home. But at the end of the day, it's nothing. It's nothing if you don't use it for holy purposes. So I wish you a blessed week and remember, live a little higher. Thank you.